51. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, but not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Okay, so let's see. <clears throat> So, I am the bread of life. That's a, that's a very intense passage. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. It's quite confusing to, um, to grasp what Jesus is saying to the crowd. I think they must be quite confused and, what, um, and, and just the whole circumstance of it. So, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. So, let's pray. Father God, I just ask that you be with me now, that you would help me with the words that you want me to say and that you will be with all those people sitting here now that they would hear what you want them to hear lord in your name amen so jesus says i am the bread of life or the other name for the talk could be the everlasting life diet <laughs> so bread is a food source it fills us up and then a couple, of, a couple of hours later, we're hungry again. It's, it's known as a food staple. It makes up a dominant part of a diet eaten daily, and it provides energy. Obviously, unless you're gluten-free, and then you um, would be eating rice or potatoes, or whatever your staple would be. But um, that, that's the metaphor, that it's your, it's your staple diet. And the crowd had been fed till they were full. And that was talked about earlier in the chapter, um, the feeding of the 5,000, where um, Jesus pre performed a miracle where he um, enabled more than 5,000 people because they think the 5,000 was just the men, but from five loaves and two fish. And they were more than satisfied there were loads of leftovers. So it was um, an incredible miracle. So having looked at the bread, we're gonna look at the crowd and just have a think about them. So the crowd sort of see Jesus as a superhero. Back in verse 15, they wanted to make him king. So um, there's, a, there's a verse, I don't know if it's gonna come up, but there is a verse that said um, that they were going to make him king by force. And, um, but he, he just disappeared and went up a mountain because he was like, I'm having none of that. Anyway, so what happened is, and the reason they asked the question at the beginning of, you know, where, where were you, and um, is because... The, the disciples had left by boat and gone across the Sea of Galilee, and that's when Jesus had walked across the water. And then the, um, the crowd had gone back to where Jesus had been the day before, and the disciples, they knew the disciples had gone, but they didn't, they didn't know Jesus had gone, and only one boat had left the harbor, so they were a bit intrigued by that. And um, so they decided that they were all going to go across the Sea of Galilee. So they got all their water taxis and off they went and got to Capernaum. And of course, Jesus was there. So they were like, you know, how did you get here? But he doesn't answer that question. Anyway, so 
The suggestion is that by the time the crowd have got there, they're hungry again. So, um, and because they weren't expecting to do that trip. And uh, so here they are. And um, so they're sort of eager for more bread and eager for him to perform again. They sort of are almost considering him a bit of a performer and also suggesting to him that, you know, Moses brought, provided manna daily for 40 years. You know, you've just done it once. Let's see what you're made of. You know, that's the, the feeling that's coming across. And um, I was thinking it's quite interesting, sort of the crowd mentality, because, um, you know, whenever new shops or pubs or restaurants open locally, you often get this mass of people coming to see what it's like, if there's anything for free, and, um, and then after a while, you know, it can just be the weekend, a week or whatever, then hardly anybody then comes. So it, they, people come to see, and if they decide they don't like it, then they're off. And um, so that's, that's quite an interesting view of this crowd. So moving from the crowd, we're now going to look at what Jesus offers. <clears throat> and Jesus says, I have a food source that will change your life forever. You will never be hungry. Now, that, that just must have just seemed too incredible for words. It just seems amazing. But he, and he, but he's saying that I want you to focus on me. I want you to come to me for your energy, for your purpose, for your well-being, for your motivation, for your living, for your spirit. And he said to them, I've come down from heaven. So like the manna in the desert. But he was explaining that actually God provided the manna in the desert. It wasn't Moses, it was God. And but he is better because when they ate the manna, they had to eat it every day to survive, whereas he, and then they eventually died. But what he is saying is if you eat me, if you eat the bread of life, you will live forever. You will have eternal life. And in verse 27, Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So he starts talking then about life. And in Greek, there's two words for life. We only have one, but he, they have two. And one of the words is bios, which is where we get the word biology from, and it relates to physical life. And then the other word is zoe, which is quality of life, your living, your being, your spiritual life. And it's that that Jesus is talking about. Jesus says, I am the bread of zoe. So where do you find your zoe? What is your reason for living? We can pursue zoe in the wrong places in alcohol, to escape reality, through money, to have amazing experiences, through drugs, through food, through pleasing others, 
or through wishing to gain popularity through social media. So we have to really think about, you know, how are we living? And Philippians 3 verse 19, it says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And in Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Over Christmas, I read the autobiography of Matthew Perry, who was Chandler in Friends. And he has spent a large proportion of his life looking for Zoe in the wrong places. He has, he obviously, towards the end of Friends, he was earning a million pounds an episode, or a million dollars an episode. So he has so much money, he doesn't know what to do with it. And, um, and it was, it was a, sad, a sad autobiography to read because he was constantly sort of searching and just moving. He, uh, I mean, he's addicted to um, prescription drugs, so, uh, and his body has been through a terrible, terrible time, and it's amazing he's still alive. But, um, and he used to move house just so that he had a new view, something to look at. But um, often, and he, even now, he, he lives alone. He has never managed to successfully maintain a relationship for, for long enough. And um, it's, it's very sad that, that that is the case, but Jesus explains that he is the bread of life, and Matthew Perry has, is now aware of God and has experienced God's love. So that was the fantastic bit in the story. So there's meaning and purpose when you find it in the right place. And um, Matthew's also um, addicted to alcohol. And, um, and he has helped a lot of people through AA and, um, and mentored them and encouraged them along his journey. And he, that's one of the things that he says that really makes a difference for him in his life. But Jesus says that I'm the only one who's come down from heaven. Now, when looking back, the Greeks thought the philosophers had all the answers <clears throat> and the mystics suggested that all you had to do was empty your mind. But the Bible says that the Christian faith is a relationship. It's personal. And so we need a personal faith and a personal relationship with God. So when you pray, do you talk to God or with God? Do you feel at home in the presence of God? David did in the Psalms. In Psalm 62, verses 5 to 8, 
He says, is it coming? Oh, this is it. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. And Psalm, oh, hang on, keep going. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And then Psalm 85, verse 8, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. So some Christians, for some Christians, prayer is like a business relationship, not a friendly conversation. And we really need it to be a friendly conversation. You need to be having a, a relationship with God. And God is there to lead you and teach you. He's already shown his affection and desire for you. And contemplating the sacrificial life of Jesus can draw you in. If you just, if you just think, sit and think about what he did for us. And, uh, and that can make all the difference in it just drawing you into a relationship with him. Jesus' body was broken for you. And he says that in verse 35, John 6 verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And in verse 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So how do we get God in our lives? We stop doing and we start believing because it wasn't anything that the, the Jews or the crowd could do. They just needed to believe in Jesus. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 and 10, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we need to feed on Jesus through prayer, through reading the Bible, and through obeying. And one of the things that um, John McGinley talked about a couple of weekends ago was the the acorn method of working um, with God and asking him who he wants us to speak to or interact with today, each morning, and then connecting with that person and obeying. I don't think I'm getting the words right, but then actually um, reviewing how you've got on and then looking into what you're going to do next, I think is the end. But um, basically, ask God 
who you want, who he wants you to talk to today. And if you can talk to that person, then help them out in whatever way you can. Sometimes it's just to find out what's going on in their lives, just to make a little connection. You don't, you don't have to immediately launch into, you need to, <laughs> you need to have Jesus in your life. You know, it's, it's just building relationships with people and for them to see that Jesus is the center of your life. And if you haven't listened to or weren't at the service on Sunday morning, just gone, then do look back at the testimony that Maria Dobbs gave on Sunday morning. And she, she just spoke from the heart about how hard it had been for them in their process of getting to having a baby and how, or despite being so angry with God, she realized that she, he was with her and he was holding her and he was loving her. And it, it is a, it's a wonderful testimony to listen to. So, so do look back at that. So there we go. That's what I have to say today for you.